Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Financial Council. Now, today we're joined by David Jones, who is CEO and founder of Instinctive Solutions, where David is defining a new way of delivering marketing excellence for emerging technology vendors. And David, you're also chairman of the board of directors of AIIM International, which is a leading association for intelligent information management, providing education, market research, best practices, ultimately to help organizations find, control, and optimize their information. David, thank you for joining us on CCC Talks. So listen, um, tell us a little bit about what you do. Mark, well, thank you for inviting me today. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, so I've spent the last 20 years or so uh, building, selling, and more recently marketing what are called information management software solutions. So all of the things, all of the tools that we've now become used to using in the new yes. remote working world. Um, but about 12 months ago, I, I flipped the narrative a little bit. And instead of working for the vendors within that space, I actually started my own company. So now I run an organization called Instinctive Solutions. And what we do is we specifically help emerging technology vendors to figure out how to talk to end users. You yes. know, technology vendors are very, very good at talking about bells and whistles, about <laughs> functions and features, right? Um, what we help them do is, is try and empathize and understand their customers a little bit more. Yeah. and turn that into an effective go-to-market strategy. That's a good um, corner of the market, I think, that you've looked at, because as you said, um, we'll get into that in a moment of a difficult, well, or easy question, depends, easy for you in a moment. But yeah, as you said, technology companies, they're very good at the technology. They're very good at the products and features. They're very good at the design process now and all the agility thrown into it. But when it comes to, I guess, getting a customer, they're probably a bit too fixated on trying to sell to the customer, maybe as opposed to helping have a conversation with the customer about what that product will do for the customer. Is that what you saw? Is that what, what you're helping them with? Yeah, I, I think vendors are in a difficult position, right? Um, vendors have to differentiate themselves from other vendors. They yes. have to be seen in a positive light. And one of the ways that they do that is to constantly innovate, to constantly bring out new features, new functions. Yeah. The challenges, and certainly the challenge that I've seen within the information management space is that those functions and features that the vendors are bringing out are possibly getting further and further away from what the end users actually want. Yeah. Um, yeah again, in the information management space, AI, robotic process automation, all of the new bells and whistles that are there, yes. Um, and actually, a lot of organizations that you talk to are still trying to digitize their mailroom. You know, they just want to get all of the post that comes in through the door every morning scanned yeah. and distributed efficiently. Now, yes. no, no information management vendor has talked about digital mailroom for about six years because it's not sexy and it's not showing them differentiating themselves. But that's yes. what the end users want. And the smart vendors out there, are actually starting to realize that and go, well, hang on a minute, let's figure out how we use all of these new bells and whistles yes. to actually solve what might be old problems, yes. but are still problems. 
I like that. Um, the thought that we're solving old problems, uh, I constantly see us trying to solve new problems and problems that don't exist. And like an IoT came along uh, before there was a problem for IoT, and we're trying to work out, and, and this is okay because this is one part of the narrative, um, how IoT solutions might deliver value in the future. And you see this in farming, where you have the farm machine that's hooked up with all these sensors that reads the weather, reads the soil, and does all this intelligent stuff. And they've figured that out later on. But equally, we could go back and say, let's solve some of the existing problems and old problems, because they don't go away. Well, there's, there's an interesting dynamic in there, right? So think about AI. Um, AI has been in that situation for the past 50 years or so. AI was, was created yeah. in the 50s. And yes. for up until probably about five years ago, it was a technology looking for a solution. Yes. I think AI has gone over that, that hump now and is actually delivering real value. Um, but there, there are some interesting dynamics. And we talk about solving old problems. And I think if you look at the way that technology has taken us up until recently, we've been getting slightly better. We've been getting incremental improvements in what we've been doing. What we've got now is new technologies that allow us actually to stop doing those incremental step changes and actually just rethink the way that we do things completely. Yes, yes. I think that's important. We had um, fantastic guy Piero Scarucci on from the US, and he was talking about he's been in AI for 40 years. And he says, Mark, nothing surprises me in AI. He says, the stuff today, we were talking about that 40 years ago. We just do it quicker with, with cloud and, and different things. But he still says, we're still looking for the things to solve with it at the end of the day. And it causes, if you implement it wrong, it causes you more pain as well. Or if you don't implement it correctly. And a big thing was just mentioned was, say, chatbots at the moment. So driven by AI, a badly designed chatbot is a surefire way to lose a customer. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, again, information management, uh, a lot of that is about digitizing manual processes, right? Getting rid of paper and, and moving to a, a digital world. Um, there's a funny saying, though, and I'll be as polite as I can do with it. If you digitize a rubbish process, what you end up is with is a, dig, a rubbish digital process. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you have to rethink. You can't just take something that's bad make it digital and it instantly becomes good. That's not the way that it works. That's it. And you said earlier on, we have to rethink. I think that's a that's an important thing. Now, David, I'm going to ask you to put your thinking cap on now. You have 20 plus years. You're a veteran in this industry, security, big data, cloud. Now the marketing all over it with the technology vendors going it alone. What is digital transformation to David Jones? <laughs> Great question. Um, I think the interesting thing is that digital transformation is whatever you want it to be. Uh, you go talk to an enterprise, yep. uh, and it could be whole scale new IT solutions uh, across the board that'll take 15 years to implement. You talk yep. to me personally, it's about me using an iPad yep. to take all of my notes instead of using a, a pen and paper. And yep. I think. That's the beauty of digital transformation. What it is to me is moving from the analog, from the paper base, from the manual things that, you know, again, if I've got a paper notepad in front of me, no one else can get access to that. Yeah. Digital transformation allows me to, to do the same thing, but in a way that others can get access to it. What that gives us is 
scalability. It gives us the ability to work remotely. It gives us the ability that if the whole thing burns down, hopefully it's stored somewhere in the cloud. It just yeah. allows us to do things a little bit more intelligently than we could do in the past. Simple as that. And doesn't it require change, though? As you said, people are used to the pen and paper now going into a digital world. That actually requires a bit of change and uncomfort to move away from one system to another. Because I think, well, my belief is if you don't have that kind of change and uncomfort, to some degree, it's not really digital transformation. You're just doing what you did yesterday, just slightly different, uh, which is okay, but it's not really trans. Transformation has to see change. So isn't there an element of there's people change, there's doing change, there's ways of work change, there's culture change. Isn't that all baked into digital transformation, even if it's just going from paper to the iPad or the, the tablet? It's absolutely the most important piece of digital transformation. Um, Again, back to document management when we talked about, you know, converting paper systems into digital systems, probably about 20% of that overall project was about the software. Mm. Yeah. Maybe another 30% of that was about the processes. The remaining 50% was about the people. It always is. And part of that is understanding what the people are doing. You know as well as I do, right? If there's a process that goes from A to B, um, and you talk to three people about it, they'll they'll find ways to go around that and to get to where they want to go to. That's just the nature of humans. Yes. Um, yeah. But you're absolutely right. Digital transformation is more about the people than it is about the software. What the technology does is it enables us yes. do yeah. that transformation. But yes. we have to talk to the people, we have to talk to the staff and the users to find out what they're doing. We don't always have to listen religiously 100% to what they do and don't want us to do. Sometimes you have to break a few eggs, right? Oh, of um, course. Oh, I love that phrase. You've got to break yeah. a few eggs. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, um, as long as you can show them benefit and value yeah. and a reason for doing what you're doing, I think nine times out of ten, you'll get them on board. Um, and you have to get them on board before you start the whole thing. Otherwise, the whole thing will fall over. And in the projects you've been involved in and these, trans these digital transformations, do organizations accept that early on that a large chunk of the effort is the people change? And that also equates to a large chunk of the project budget is going to be. And we don't like spending money down there. We like spending lots of money on the technology and then telling the people, thou shalt change quickly. Uh, yes and no. Um, those organizations that have succeeded in digital transformation yeah. get it and get it early on. Yeah. Um, and I think, look, it, it's difficult, right? You sit there at the start of a project and you try and figure out what you're going to do and you figure out what the software cost is, you figure out what the professional services cost is. And then there's that intangible of yeah. the disruption to the business, the training that you've got to give to the staff, the the sort of engagement that you have to do right the way throughout the process that is incredibly difficult to gauge and incredibly difficult to put a price on. Yes. Um, and some people are more keen to get things moving than to do things properly, and, and they'll skip that phase. And yes. the inevitable will happen. They'll end up building something that takes the 12 months, is not fit for purpose, and they'll have to go back around the loop again. And, and hopefully at some point they, they, they figure out what the problem is. You're going back again. I'm always reminded when you talk like that about um, 
I guess, the Industrial Revolution when electricity turned up. And you went from everybody working independently in the cottage industries to now these big factories being built. And the people that failed back then were the people that tried to, to get the technology, which was electricity. It's crazy when we think about it now, in, and then a lot of people in just to operate machines, where yesterday they made chairs. That transition didn't happen. Massive disruption in their industry. But they got the technology, but they didn't get the people part, the change part, the process part correct. Those have spent more time and effort, and to some degree, it's going to cost. But it's you know, it's, when you look at it in the scheme of things, it's not a big cost at the end of the day. And took a bit more time, got their product out the door quicker, faster, better, because they knew the technology they were dealing with was different, and the people were different, and they couldn't just shoehorn them into this new thing. And then I went back and read stories about that from the Industrial Revolution. And there's loads of case studies back then. I think we learned good, good from, from, from history. But can I ask you, um, you spend a lot of time now helping the vendor community, which is really good. Well, you said they're really good at what they do. Um, but sometimes maybe it's in that conversation with the customer that uh, they need some help. Um, do you think, by and large, that the vendor view, you know, view of digital transformation is 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 accurate as to what people need or do they tend to kind of make it up a little bit? I think there's a combination. Again, there, there are great vendors out there, don't get me wrong. Um, they completely get this. But I yes. think it's interesting. It comes back to what you were just saying about uh, the Industrial Revolution, right? Those people that made the real long-term difference didn't just take new technology and apply it to the old problems in the same way. They rethought the way that factories needed to be laid out. They rethought yes. the uses of electricity. It's exactly the same now. And, you know, think about OCR technologies when you scan a document and it reads the text. Um, are we really going to get huge value from going from 99.2% accuracy to 99.3% accuracy? <laughs> Just to get things read in really quickly to then dump it into another system where, you know, someone from accounts payable then has to rekey it. Think the whole process through. Think about how you not only get the data off of the document, but feed it through so that AP don't even have to look at it. Yeah. And just, just rethink the whole process. And the, the good organizations that are out there get that, and they get that because they're talking to the customers and figuring out, again, not just what tools and techniques they need to build to remain innovative, but which tools and techniques and which applications of those tools and techniques actually make a difference to the end user. And I think that there are great examples of organizations out there that are doing that really, really well. There are, I think there are, in fairness to the industry now, we've got some really good organizations that are driving that, that are really talking about what transformation is and with their hand up to saying, oh, we've got a tool, but you have to do the transformation. Now, with our professional services and consulting, we can help you on that, but you're part of that rather than this kind of sell you the software of the old days. And when we're talking about, you're talking about software and applications, that can be SaaS applications, on-premise, whatever that is, private, public cloud, everything now that's all digital and everything in between. It Again, they're just mediums of how you get a service at the end of the day. But I think, yeah, that that's important. Um, I think there is a challenge, though, for some organizations out there, regardless of whatever marketing is put out there, 
would you agree that it's incumbent on an organization to understand what digital transformation means for them? Is that an important step for them that they, they might miss? I, I think it is. I think it's an important step when you look at any type of software or any type of change that's yeah. rolled in. Um, you know, think about analytics. One of the really trendy, really hyped up uh, IT sectors over the, the past five, ten years, really. Yeah. Uh, same problem, right? You can have all the data in the world. You can have all the analytics in the world. But if you don't know what you're looking for, you end up with that that good old thing called analysis paralysis. Oh, yeah, yes. You sit there and you look at all this stuff and it's wonderful. Look, I found a trend. It's like, well, it's completely useless. <laughs> I think that's exactly the same with digital transformation. Yes. You know, we can roll out technology to, to do wonderful things, but you need to think about why. And you need yeah. to look at what your business needs. And again, map that onto what technology is out there and what it can do. Uh, and I think that the, the difference now, though, and a great thing that the cloud has brought to us and SaaS solutions is the ability to experiment. Yes. Right? It, you don't have to buy into five years worth of maintenance contracts to, yeah. to be able to test a video conferencing platform or, uh, you know, uh, maybe a mind mapping tool or something along those lines. You can play with it. You can try it. You can test it with a small group, get it working, prove it, get those internal champions, and then let them sell it throughout the organization. And I think that's a key difference. But again, you have to know or at least have a strong view of where your strategy needs you to go to decide which of those tools, which of those platforms to invest the time and effort into. Yeah, there's, that's really good. You've got to experiment, but it's cheap to experiment now in some cases. I know the early days of cloud, um, big case study from the likes of GE set up a big massive cloud organization into IoT and AI, uh, and they were experimenting left, right, and center, but it was uncontrolled experimentation. And they didn't know, it doesn't matter you know, what the answer is, but they just kind of say, well, what will this do? And they consumed the huge budget, and then they just, they just closed it down. If they had a bit more structure, I think, and a bit more targeting to certain sectors, they might have made a bit more success of it. Because um, they were fine with their fail, fail fast, experiment, experiment well. But I think they were just doing it for the sake of doing it, uh, from what it seems. Later on, they went at it another way, which seems to be a bit more successful now. But I think we've got to watch that too. But it is a great time for organizations, as you said. You can now, you don't need to go into build and five year contracts. You can just, you can get some of this for free. That's a secret, isn't it? So it is free from vendors for try us now and see what you think. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, uh, you know, the, the GE example, um, again, within the industry that I work in, um, most of us have heard about SharePoint. And yes. when SharePoint was introduced, it was very much a, a similar sort of uh, experiment, you know, hey, go create a knowledge site for your team to work on. And it, it was so easy to do it. That everybody did it but they didn't do one they did 17 each and you had this explosion of sharepoint sites that then it actually exacerbated the problem because it was designed to help you know where your content was yes. and now you had 17 different sites and you, no one knew what the hell was going on and it just made the problem worse so it's about that controlled transformation yeah. again and um, i think just just jumping in quickly we've got a similar sort of situation now with remote working you know the last 18 months organizations had to get remote working up and running yeah. quickly yes um, now did they go through all of the procurement 
dotting I's, crossing T's that they would have done normally? No, they didn't because they couldn't. So what we find ourselves in now is, is almost a retrospective. Let's go back and just check how secure some of our video conferences. Yes, yes. And stuff like that. So we're in a really interesting time. That's interesting, yeah. Um, the flexibility of cloud and digital has allowed us to deal with the pandemic head on. People could not leave homes. It wasn't a case of they didn't want to. Government directive said, you are now leaving offices, you are staying at home. Well, we figured this out. So you're quite right. We and an absolute benefit of all this transformation cloud is we could switch this on quickly. But you're quite right in saying now there should be a retrospective. Let's go back, look at the contracts, the security, the parameters, what we've put in. Uh, in Europe, does GDPR come into play with whatever solution you have or not? And actually deal with it now, I guess. While there's a bit of leeway, I would suggest, in the market to, uh, you know, to, to correct things as we go back to a bit more of a more normal. You also mentioned um, a part of that is an element of control. Now, I think control isn't a bad word. Some people think it is when you think of agile environments, but you still need to have that level of whether we call it control or governance or whatever, even if you're in this agile world which we're in. Like the scenario you said, getting remote um, connectivity is just is is we still need to control it somehow, don't we? And we still need to maintain those parameters and maybe retrospectively go back, which uh, which I think is 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 where we need to go. Can I ask um, IT departments heavily involved in digital transformations across the world? There is not one IT department that's not doing something related to digital transformation, whether they're doing it or it's been done to them. <laughs> okay, but I mean, shouldn't the IT department of any organization be driving digital transformation conversations above and beyond the technology? Shouldn't they be going to the board of directors? Shouldn't they be talking to the C-suite about not the technology, but about the business, the value, the benefits, how we manage costs going forward, even though they're all variable costs? Um, A, the question is, should, shouldn't they be doing that? If what, what do you think? And B, are they doing that in your experience or where's the gaps? So the first one's the easy one to answer. Yes, they absolutely yeah. should be doing that. Uh, the second one is a little bit harder and it, it's harder because think about what, what you just said. Um, shouldn't the IT department be going to the business with solutions to business problems? Yeah. Um, you have to find a very uh, almost unicorn-like beast within the business world, that someone that has got a foot in both the IT camp and the business camp. Yes. Someone that understands the technology and, and you know, what it can be used for, but also has a, a vested interest in, in multiple departments within the business. Those people don't, don't exist a lot. They're, they're very unique beasts. They're very expensive to organizations as a result. And, you know, they tend to get grabbed by those large enterprises. So if you're a medium sized business, trying to find someone that's got that um, is incredibly difficult, which means that your digital transformation, as a result, you get IT talking in a board meeting to board members that have no idea what IT are talking about a lot of the time. No and translation between it. Yes, exactly. And that's the key word. It's that translator role that you need. Yeah. Or um, what's important. I see that quite a lot. We see that. And I was surprised initially. And the initial thing I thought about when I saw this years ago was, surely that's the role of the CIO, the chief information officer, 
or equivalent. We have a chief technical officer. The word technical is in there, so we'll attach that to technical things just for today's. But is that not the role of the CIO to talk to the board, understand the technology, do all the translation, show the value? Or has the role of the CIO to evolve? Do they have to learn this? Do they have to understand digital transformation more so than the traditional IT world that they've come from? Is, is there a gap there? Yeah, I think there is a gap there. And I think the, the C-level roles are changing massively. Right. Someone once said to me that, that CIOs have got so much risk placed on them now in terms of yeah. ensuring data breaches don't happen, that hacking doesn't happen, yes. that actually yeah. CIO stands for career is over if you get it wrong. Right? <laughs> we have heard that here. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, and what that gives you is a, a very, very distorted view of the world, right? So I'm a big fan of every decision that you make has a risk and a reward of balance. Yeah. And if CIOs have got such a heavy prevalence for mitigating risk, then they're going to be very, very reluctant to take a gamble. Um, interestingly, we've, we've done a lot of work with CFOs recently. Right. And, you know, the CFO was always thought of as the guy that just held the purse strings. Yes, yes. CFOs increasingly are, are becoming business advisors to the yes. enterprise and looking at technology because they use technology extensively. Yes. And looking at how technology can be used, and they're the ones that are driving digital transformation projects from our experience, not CIOs. CIOs are doing it, but the yes. CFOs are the ones that are, are pushing it through. Isn't that that's an interesting change? I have come across that, yes where in the past, the CFOs, the financial officers, were the custodians of the purse strings, manage, spend. Now, they still are. But the more savvy ones that understand technology understand there's a value in this. So sure. I'm okay spending X and Y and going to the board and asking for that because they're under pressure from the board to return earnings per share revenue ads show profit all these other indicators that the ceo cares about ceo doesn't necessarily care about digital disruption because it costs them money or her money but they do care about the short medium and long term well short and medium term let's say viability of the organization and the impact of market forces so if they do have to do this they want to make sure that the spend is wise and is correct and it's on the right things and I think I've seen some of these savvy finance folks even come and say, we've got to spend on people. We've got to spend on education. We've got to spend on process change and all this other stuff. And defending that in the board. And then it's, here's CIO, here's the plan, you know. Now, does it, I've always wondered then, we have enough C-suite people, I think. But we can always create another one, you know. Do we have, do you see a, a you know, this a, a chief, I guess, digital officer coming up the ranks to take on this role of the, where the CIO has to be all encompassing and looking at risk, where the chief digital officer is probably in for a couple of years driving digital transformation and then will move into a different role, leave the company or do something else. Is that something that's appearing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, whether they're called chief digital officers or chief transformation officers, just to mix yeah. the acronyms up, or chief strategy officers or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm seeing an increased number of those roles. Um, the challenge with that is that I think you've hit the nail on the head, right? Those people are given two years 
to do the transformation. For me, digital transformation isn't a project. It's a process. It's something that needs to keep going. You can't just say, hey, we've stopped transforming. No, we've done it. You've got to keep going, right? So you can't hire someone for two years and say, right, at the end of that two years, come hell or high water, you're done. It's a shift in mentality. What I am seeing, though, is that those roles and the people in those roles are very, very savvy business people. So they're at least trying to educate the rest of the C-suite to say exactly what I've just said. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, It's interesting because, yeah, I've seen a lot of these uh, digital officers or transition or strategic officers. But when I talk to them, a lot of them are saying, I'm in a two, three year project. And they talk about that project. I'm sure transformation is not a project. It's a bit more than that. But the scope of what they're in. So on one hand, it's good to put them in a scope. But on another hand, it's probably not so good where they need the full scope of a CIO. Maybe then we'll get, I don't know, it'll be challenging for who's who's the leader in that case, you know, or is it a dual tandem role? And then organizations looking at the cost and saying, oh, we, we'll absorb this for three years and no more. But as you said, it's like, like we're talking about electricity early on. It's um, just because you've got the electricity in doesn't mean for the next two, three, four years, you know what to do with it. And the one machine that you plug into it is not the only machine you're going to use or the only light system or the only thing you're going to use off it. You're going to have to keep innovating because your competitor has just done what you've done. And now they're plugging something else in. And it's not the world we're in at the moment where you put something new in with digital trans, you do something different, you change a process. If you're in um, an industry, your competitor is going to see what you've done and just do the same. So if you stand still, you're losing market share there, isn't that, isn't that where we are? Yeah, I think we are. And I think that you beautifully highlighted the challenge that people have got, right? It's there's parallel streams of activity that need to be going on. You need to, to have that continual improvement, that continual transformation, yeah. which needs to be very carefully scoped. Yeah. Um, that's, that's possibly what you should be showing to your competitors so that they think you're traveling just down that road there but in parallel in secret what you're doing is you're actually rethinking the whole thing and building something that takes you leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else the challenge is resourcing both of those at the same time yes yes yes. and what you said there rethinking the whole thing rethinking i think is what digital transformation is all about rethinking rethinking if there's anything our listeners take away today i think that's a key thing and think about you know so tell us, um, not everybody is doing digital transformation so far. There are still companies out there that may not be or have just started. In your experience, what were some of the telltale symptoms that uh, you know people needed to start digital transformation? Some of those. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to argue with you a little bit. I think everyone has had to do some digital transformation in the sure. past. Sure. Whether they, they wanted to. Um, I think it's it's interesting. Those that were prepared for digital transformation at least had had an idea of what was coming, transitioned a lot better yeah. than those who didn't, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, the interesting thing, one of the telltale signs now is, is going to be when people go back to work. Because if you think about it, the move to remote working was, was actually relatively easy. You yes. know, give someone a laptop, give them a VPN connection at the simplest level, and they're in. Yes. Well, we've now got something called hybrid working that's coming back, right? 
that means that actually they're not just working from home. So they remote working, a lot of people literally picked up all the paperwork from the office, picked up the pot plant and the laptop yes. and moved yes. it to their home office. Yes. Well, now they're going to be doing two days a week at home, two days a week in the office and traveling in and in and out. That's where digital transformation is really going to come to play by securing content in this fluid yes. environment. And I think, you know, the, again, the telltale signs are those organizations that understand that, that have proactively been thinking about that over the last 12 months and are prepared for that. Um, yes. Those that haven't are going to be, again, in complete pandemonium. I think, um, as you said, it was easy because of the technology to adopt um, remote capabilities, whatever platform people use. You just got it, plugged it in, made it a bit secure, switched it on. But wasn't the first challenge, um, first of all, people sitting there now trying to communicate, you know, a team of 20 on a on, on a remote call, first of all, um, how do you how do you speak? How do you talk? So there's all that. And that's all the people stuff. That's the, that's the skills we need. And then um, in some people figure out, how do I manage my day? You know, so isn't that all that? And, but what we, we've done for those successful companies or for the people that have struggled through this but managed to, to get it working, that has changed. That's a massive amount of change to how people work, whether they knew it or not, and they've gone through it. And then um, that's what it's about. That's when the transformation happens with a digital technology enabling it. Is isn't that the the story? I, I think you've nailed it exactly. And you know, we talked earlier about technology being about twenty percent of any transformation project. Yeah. Uh, so that bit was easy. Um, but now we're eighteen months or whatever it is into this, and the strain's starting to show, right? People are getting further and further behind. People are working longer and longer hours. There's no work-life balance now. So it's it's all of those social um, and interpersonal and personal skills that I don't think many organizations are ready for. Um, Mm. Again, it's understanding. I I think it was Nike that um, gave everybody a week off last week. Yes, I saw Um, that because they needed people to to regenerate and take some time off. And I think it's just understanding of that, that you can't just work people harder. And especially for organizations that are multinational, you know, yes. someone in on the West coast of the U S just saying at 3 PM their time, I need to talk to the UK sales guy. It's not really fair on anybody. Yes. Um, but it's understanding what those balances are. Um, and and it's, it's interesting as well. Sorry, you, you think about the millennials coming into this. They're used to being on digitally all the time on their, their personal stuff. But they're now bringing that into the workplace. And that's a good thing in many ways. But equally, it's it's a bad thing. I think we need to be very careful over the coming years to manage there, this care. There is a bit of a divide because, as you said, um, what they're doing outside of work is not work. So it's not pressurized. <laughs> And now they're going to be switched on. But um, it goes back to a point you made there, David, that um, about continual change. So people got to grips with using remote technologies and then working out their day. But now we're going, as you said, into this hybrid mode where it's two days in the office, two days out of the office, one day, who knows? And even that's a shift now because we it's just, and as you said, we've got to continually change now. The technology is moving so fast, what we're doing. We don't just change once. It's not a single project. It's just this is business, and this is just it's 
whether you call it digi more digital transformation or what you call a business change it's it's just same thing nearly it's just but we're getting more more and more of it i um, think it's lifetime up that's that's change faster and faster and faster we're just gonna have to deal with it yeah 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 and, and that's that's interesting how it's gonna gonna pan out now um the digital transformations uh forbes have a they put this out a, a couple of years ago 70 percent of digital transformations fail now that's come from probably in 10 years before 70 percent of projects failed so they're just seeing a mirror on that in your experience do you think that's true or is there a problem with an ill-defined transformation that that's the failure? You, you you define it incorrectly, so you'll never achieve it. Is, is that more? Yeah, I think it comes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Digital transformation isn't a project. It's a process. So if you understand that it's a process, then it's never going to stop. So you can't measure whether it's a, a success or a failure. I think badly scoped projects that are probably too ambitious in yes. the first place. Yes. Uh, it, is the biggest problem. It's the reason why enterprise software has failed time and time again over the past 20 years, right? It's the um, and, it, and it does. So, you know, um, one of my former mentors used to have a saying, he'd say, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is in lots of little sittings. Yes, um, yes. Exactly the same for me with digital transformation. Yeah, Pick the yeah. bit that you can do, do it well, move on, do another one. And there's more of it. There's, there's more of it to come. So there is no real. How long does the transform digital transformation take? It's that's the if you're asking that question, you're asking the wrong question. Or if you have an answer to that question, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's a polite way of, of what I was thinking. If you have an answer to that question, then um, you're possibly not not being quite as truthful as you might want to be. <laughs> Uh, David, what would you recommend um, for our listeners? A few recommendations to think about regarding their digital transformations. Any one or two things come to mind? Yeah, I think it's about balance as much as anything. You know, we've talked about the fact that digital transformation isn't a project, that it's yes. a process. Yes. We've talked about technology that can help you digitally transform. Yes. But Technology isn't the driving force. The business should be the driving force. And I think the key thing really is, is exactly what you mentioned earlier. It's understanding that the biggest thing in this whole piece is the people. It's understanding yeah. how that technology can help those people either work remotely or do their job more efficiently or go home on a Friday evening and be with their kids. Something yeah. as fundamental as that. That yes. for me is, is the biggest thing to take away. Technology isn't there as a as a master; it's there to be used to help the business. That's that's, that's some great words, some sage words. Final question: um, What do you think on this? You know, are we in general, so outside of work, just in in our general lives, have we been on a, a personal digital transformation journey the last ten years with the advent of? Both the internet's been around, but with the advent of um, online software, mobile communications, and apps. Are we in the middle of just personal digital transformation as well as finding it in work? And should that give us some comfort? Uh, yeah, we are, absolutely. And it should give us as users comfort. Um, I think it scares the pants off most IT departments because, quite frankly, the, the speed and pace of innovation and adoption yes. and digital transformation that we've got in our personal lives is going way faster than the IT department 
can keep up. Uh, and you think back 10 years ago, business IT was driving the IT agenda. Everything yes. that's new went into the business first. It's completely yes. on its head. Everything that's new now is going into consumer and individual tech, and then it flows through to the business. And yes. I think that, that paradigm shift, if you want to call it that, has been really interesting. Um, and it's it's the way that you know startup software companies can spin out viral software that that takes them from nothing to stock market listings yes. uh, or huge amounts of seed funding within within months, which previously would have taken years, if not decades, to get to. So I, I think yeah, absolutely, we have been on a digital transformation. I mean, look at your your own personal technology stack, whether it's Galaxy or or iPhone or yeah, whatever. Yeah you'll buy into that and you'll connect the things and you'll yeah. stream from your phone to your TV and do things that, you know, even four years ago were unthought of. Even say today's session is brought to you not by an IT department, but by someone savvy enough to set up and, you know, and we can do this now. Music can be recorded on your phone these days. Uh, the record industry has been decimated in their old traditional way, but that's not bad because new models are coming out in new ways. Bad for the middle person in that sense, record companies. But, you know, they brought in technology. I always remember they brought in the CD technology to reduce their cost of production. They People will go, what's a tape these days? But for those that remember, they were a lot cheaper to make than tapes or vinyl in the past. But what quickly happened was they were easily copied. So... And then they were replaced with um, the Napsters and this, and then that led to Spotify, which then and those types, which have now decimated their industry. Yeah. But you got to innovate and innovate some way. You can't just control the market, which I think that think they did. I think that's a fantastic way to end is thinking about our own personal transformation journeys and how we just adapt to it. Uh, but as you said, it's happening faster in the personal consumer market than it is now in the business market, which is a phenomenal change, you know, which which, which I think is, is what we're, we're stuck with. But David Jones, we're going to finish there. And I'm going to say, David Jones, thank you so much for joining us today on CCC Talks. Mark, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a great time. Thank you, David. Thank you for joining this episode of CCC Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals. So please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks. Until next time.